0: For the word? Yes, sir. You sure? Yes, sir. All right. Oh, somebody says, Let's say this together, Father, our Father. As we fight this war, we are stronger, we are better, we are better and we'll better we better. subdue much more, much more. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Section four Fighting the War section four this session we are going to focus on prayer and prayer is the only way (laughs) that's the topic of this prayer is the only way so when it comes to the work of ministry i've always told you prayer is non-negotiable that lazy attitude that most of you have has to die in 2023 that's why i told you in the last session you must have a company. Abi. your company is your local church. You must. So, prayer is non-negotiable. It can be likened to the year that a man breathes. My pastor used to say this. God trusts a man that prays, even more than a man who knows the word. But a man who knows the word will be praying. Prayer is like a breathing to the man. So, just as it is impossible for a man to survive without air, year. Let me tell you the truth. It is impossible for a believer to survive in this world without prayers. You cannot survive in this world without prayer. <laughs> this means that the believer who is not praying can be said to be a walking dead man. A believer who is not praying. Is walking dead, a man of God who is not praying is a is 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 a walking dead man. Better put, is a pawn in the out of the is a pawn in the out of, hands of the devil. So, we have established. And let's read just for protocol's sake. Let's read our Genesis one, Genesis one verse one to five. It says, "In the beginning." God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said let there be light and there was light and God saw the light and it was good and God divided the light from darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. So, we have established the fact that we are in a war and Satan is... Is a relentless adversary. See, let me tell you something. Satan does not give up. He fights to the end. You two must know how to fight to the end. He will always seek to hinder the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose. He will always seek to hinder the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose. Since men are God's method, it means that, I've always told you, man is God's primary method, right? Right? You already know man is the way God, is true man that God will carry out his plan. So that means that men are Satan's primary target in his evil mission too. So just as God wants to use man, Satan wants to use men too. That is why, if you observe from the ministry of Jesus, from the very minute Jesus was born, Satan never stopped going after Jesus until his death. Do you notice, from the time Jesus was born, Herod wanted to kill all the two children. all the male child, Herod wanted to kill them. You know, there are times in the Bible, the Bible says, Jesus hid because he knew it was not his time to die. There were so many times So he was hell-bent on ensuring that Jesus did not fulfill his ministry. But you know what? Just like I told you in the last session, he failed. Although he steered men to kill Jesus, you know, he was the one who entered Judas Iscariot to kill Jesus, the Father raised him from the dead. The worst mistake for the devil was he thought Jesus will not be raised from the dead. (laughs) That is why the greatest power that God exerted is the power of raising Jesus from the dead. So, although he steered men to kill Jesus, the father raised him from the dead. That failure, however, doesn't deter him from yet fighting to nail against the church today. So, even though he knows that the church is born into victory, he knows that the church is born into victory. See, let me tell you, you know, Colossians 2.15, we saw it in the last session. Having pushed the power, he made sure of them openly. He knows he has been defeated. Though. He knows that we are born into victory. We are more than conquerors. The devil knows. But let me tell you, he wants to frustrate the mission of God through us. He wants to. That's why if you look through the book of Acts, he continued in his relentless war against the church satan has no mission of his own he has no mission of his own his own mission let me tell you let me tell you mission let me tell you something it's not as if satan has one agenda the only agenda satan have is that sister Chiyamaka is going to follow god's plan i want to it. that's satan's plan that's the only thing okay supernatural church Community churches in Rochester Abbey. This is what they are doing. They want to, they are already praying Abbey. They are already do so. Okay, I want to, I want to end that. them. That is all, that is how Satan thinks. He does not have, you know, God already has a plan from Genesis 1. Are you getting what I'm saying? Satan does not have that kind of plan. Satan, is just, oh, this is what God wants to do. I want to destroy it. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's Satan's plan. His own is to frustrate God's mission, to attack the church on God's mission and hinder it. So, in spite of all he did in the book of Acts, the church yet prevailed much more against him. God's word was increasing. God's work were multiplying and it is our turn today. That's why you see, in the book of Acts, you just see and the number of disciples keep increasing. We read in the last Two sessions ago, he says, um, says that the, the doctrine was everywhere. So, that it is our turn today that will happen today. We are going to multiply. So, looking at the ministry of Jesus and the apostles, it is obvious that their devotion to prayer was a pivotal tool. Their devotion to prayer was very pivotal to them. It was very pivotal. That's why in Acts 6 verse 4, Paul with them, Peter will say, we will not leave the word of God and serve tables, but we give ourselves to believe sure your prayer and to the word. It was very pivotal to them. Because it is obvious that their devotion to prayer was a very pivotal to, to their victory over the wives of the devil. So Jesus raised his disciples well. They had a devotion to prayer. I want us to be an army of a church of prayer. Let me tell you, there is no church that wants to fulfill God's will on earth that must that will not be given to prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? For us to carry out this mandate that God has given us, we already know the mandate, right? Lighting up the dark places, have we? We have to be given to prayer. The pastor, it should not just be the pastor praying. Everybody praying. The the book of Acts, there was no place where they say only Peter was praying. We saw that in Acts 3, Peter and John. But outside that one, the whole church was praying. They gathered together. So, we already have a working template so now that shows that you and i have a working template so if we want to have the same testimony of victory that jesus and the apostles have we must devote ourselves to prayer so now that shows that there is already a working template for us that means that for us to be victorious for us to conquer everything that the devil has done we must be given to immense and intense prayer. That's our working template. So, as at the time of the resurrection of Jesus, his disciples were the disciples were well, his disciples were well aware of the enemies that were they were up against. They have seen the position that Jesus has faced. They have seen that Satan desperately wanted to cut Peter away. And he was the one that entered Judas. They've seen everything. In Luke 22, verse 31 to 32, you, you, you know the scripture. He says, and Lord, and, and the Lord said to Simon, 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 Satan. You see, Jesus was very blunt with Peter in, in that Luke 22, verse 31 to 32. He says, Simon, Satan. Satan has desire to swift you like with." So that shows Peter cutting people's ear. Peter denying Jesus and saying, I don't know him. It was not natural. Are you seeing it? It was not natural. It was the devil manipulating him. And that was, you know, he did not pray. Is it Satan has decided to switch you like me. But I prayed for this. That their faith will fail not. And when they are converted, they strengthen their brethren. You know, in John 13, verse 26 to look at John 13, verse 26 to th- 27. John 13, verse 26 to 27. John 13. John 13. There's something that they made us to see. John 13, verse 26 to 27. I want you to go there. Prayer is the, tell your neighbor, say prayer is, prayer is the only way. Say it one more time. Prayer is the only way. Say it one more time. Prayer is the only way. Prayer is the only way. It's the only option we have. Look at John 13, verse 26 to 27. It says, Jesus answered. It, it Jesus answered. He says, it is he to whom I shall give this soap when I dip. And when he had dipped this soap, he gave it to who? Jesus. The son of Simon. Look at the verse 27. And after, and after the soap, Satan entered into him. And Jesus told him. That that thou do, do quickly. (laughs) But who entered him? So (laughs) you know the beauty about the thing? When Satan finished doing what he wanted to do with him, (laughs) he regretted it. Ah, may Satan not enter you in (laughs) 2023. Pray for, Pray for yourself. 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 That you will not yield to the voice of a stranger. You will not yield to the voice of an evil spirit. You will not yield to the voice of an evil spirit. You will not yield to the voice of the devil. You will not yield to the voice of an evil spirit. Hallelujah. That you will not yield to the voice of an evil spirit. In the name of Jesus. Yes, you will not yield to the voice of an evil spirit. Yes, the voice of a stranger, you will not yes, follow. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Let's be seated. You know, after the sob, Satan entered into him. You gotta do what you want to do. You know, so after, he, after he finished dealing with him, he regretted it. So Judas regretted it now. He did. So, it, Jesus gave them an instruction to wait together in Jerusalem for the point of the Spirit. In Luke 24, verse 49. Luke 24, verse 49. Luke 24, verse 49. It says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, that ye tarry in the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high. So they did not just wait. They were praying until the day he arrived. In Acts 1 verse 14. Acts 1 verse 14. It says, and these all continued with one accord. In prayers and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with the brethren. That's what, Acts 1 verse 14. In Acts 2 verse 1 to 4. Acts 2 verse 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. He says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them, cloven tongues as of fire, and they sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak, as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts 2 verse 42, Acts 2 verse 42, it says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread and in prayer. So, they ensured that the culture of prayer was stirred up in the entire church. So, the culture of prayer has to be the culture of the local church. So, this culture of prayer betted supernatural results amongst them. The culture of prayer betted supernatural results among them. Now, one of the things we want to consider now is some of the results of prayer. So, as we progress, we said we are a territorial church in the afternoon, in the morning, right? We said in the afternoon, there is no fear here. Yesterday, we said, we reminded ourselves that (laughs) this is a call to fight, right? Now, and prayer is the only way. Now, let's see some of the things that prayer does. Prayer bets boldness. One fundamental thing that prayer does for the church is to embolden the church. Why do we need boldness? See, it is because the devil our adversary we keep attacking. He will keep waging war. He will keep opposing our work. So that's why we see the apostles were opposed for doing the work of ministry in Acts 4, look at in Acts 4, verse 18 to 20. The apostles were opposed for doing the work of ministry. Look at Acts 4, verse 18 to 20. It says, and they called them and commanded not, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. In verse 19, and Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it be right, I like how they said it. It says, whether it be right in the sight of God to act unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Look at what he says in verse 20. He says, for we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. That is, we cannot stop doing this. Look how in verse 21. He says, well, when they are further threatened them, they let them go. So, that means they were threatened not to actually speak in the name. They were threatened. He says, but see, guys, what Peter and John were saying is that we cannot but not speak what we have seen and heard. So, they were arrayed before the council. And they were tret- they threatened them not to preach again in the name of Jesus. But do you know what happened? They boldly speak- spoke against that opposition. They spoke against it. But that didn't stop. They went back. Look at what happened in verse 23. Look at what happened in Acts 4, verse 23. They went back. It says, and being let go, they went to their own company. That means you must have a company. That's the local church. They went back to their church. Look at what happened. They reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. You see the, the, you see the power of a local church. We studied that in the, in the afternoon. The essence of the local church. What the local church is all about. What is our mission. Why do people go to church and everything. We studied that. Now, so they went back to their church. And what did they say? In verse, look at verse 29. They reported to them in verse 23. Look at verse 29. It now says, and Lord. Behold their treadmings. That is, see what these guys have said. Behold means see these treadmings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we might speak thy word. Look at in verse 30. By stretching forth thy hands to heal, that in and signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. In verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. And where they assembled together, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. So the apostles went back to their own company and they prayed. They went back to their own company and they prayed. They went back to their own company and they prayed. And we saw the result of what happened. They were bolder to preach despite the oppositions. So one thing prayer does is that it makes you bold to preach. I told you, I've been saying this since yesterday, and I said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. Some people use prayer to pass exams. It's good. But you see, you have to read to pass exams. There are things that prayer is for because it it is our mechanism for war. So, he gives us boldness. So, they were able to face the persecution in the place of prayer. In verse 33, he says, look at what happened in verse 33. Look at the result that effect in verse 33. At 4 verse 33, look at it. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. Uh, Gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and grace, grace was upon them all. He says they had great power and great grace was upon them all so they were bored look at in act 5 verse 18 to 20. act 5 verse 18 to 20 it says and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prisons at 5 verse 18 to 20. look at what happened it started from verse 17 actually but in verse 18 it says they laid their hands on the apostles when it says they laid their hands not meaning they lay hands on them, it means they beat them. <laughs> they laid their hands on the apostles. and put them in common prison. But look at what happened in verse 19. But the angel of the Lord by night, we studied the ministry of angels just not quite in the last session. We we saw how the activities of angels work. And we said, the angel by night opened the prison door and brought them forth and said, Go and stand and speak. Temple uh, to the people, these words of life. (laughs) In verse 21. And they heard that and they entered into the temple early in the morning and thought. And the high priest came and said, I said, and called the sending together and all the and this ascendant and the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. And the officers came and found them not in prison. And they returned and said, say, this prison, say, the prison truly found we short with all safety, and the keepers standing without before doors. Which, but when we had opened, we found no man within. You know, they were surprised. You know, when they saw them preaching, you don't understand. They said, go and go to the prison and go and check. <laughs> <laughs> probably is their doppler that is that is teaching. But that is what the power of prayer does. <laughs> you don't understand. In Art four, they prayed, the place shook. The whole building shook. You don't expect, the angel of the Lord has to appear. <laughs> you don't get it. They prayed. It says the angel of the Lord appeared by night and opened the prison door for them. I told you in the last session, I said, we are going to have the ministry of angels much more prevalent in 2023, such that we will have encounters with them and they will speak to us and tell us things to do. Look at how the angel of God told them, go to the the temple, go and preach. (laughs) If you were not bold, you say, ah, angel, ah, 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 fear God now. But they were bold, they were ready, you know, they were ready. There's a text I like, it says, these are men that have assaded their lives for the gospel. But to get to that kind of point, it's a life of prayer. A life of prayer. So to the human mind now, what the Apostle does, did here now does not make sense. If you're trying to look at it logically, it doesn't make sense. How would they be arrested and put in the prison for preaching the gospel? And yet you are going back to preach. In the in, in natural logical mind, you are expected to just, I mean, you know, if this thing happens, somebody will tell you, be, use, this is how people say, use common sense. And uh-uh, they just, just be logical about this thing. There's a way to go about this thing. Just be, be smart about it. But these guys didn't seem to want to be smart. Because you were just supernaturally released. You should have just said, well thank you for injured. thank you for releasing me let me just go back home but these people didn't think of that they did not even think of the threats they are facing or the ones that arrested them and killed they they know that these are the same people that killed their master and everything but as a matter of fact they didn't care about the rage of the devil they had a standard of ministry already laid down for them and that determined and that determined that they were not going to let the devil win. And this is boldness at work. So in prayer, we will find boldness. Hallelujah. It's prayer. And that is boldness at work. And this is what the church of God should imitate. This is what we should be imitate. We shouldn't say because we're stopped in a place. We will not go back there. No, we will go back there full of prayers. We will retreat in prayers and go back there. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? So they stop you in some way. What we will just do is retreat in prayer, go back there. We are not going to let the devil win. All, see, all the devil is trying to do with that, okay, police is stopping you. Police is doing this and that. He's telling you to be, it's just so that you will not do it again. It's not so that they will stop you from not doing it completely. All the devil just wants is so that you will not do it again. But we are not going to back down. We are not in 2023 let the devil win any battle. I don't know about you, but that's a determination I've made. He's not going to win any battle in our locations. We are going to take our place in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. And we will see results. Praise God. We will see results. We are going to see results. You see, I wrote something as, as I as I landed in, a place, uh, in, in the place and I wrote something now. And I said, and, and the Lord told me something. He said, we are going to have stories of what the result of prayer did. <laughs> I believe it. As, as, I, as I landed where we were to pray uh, and just spend days praying, I just... Before we even started praying, the Lord just told me and said, and I just wrote it down. We are going to have results. Yeah, l- let, me, let, me write, let me read it to you in the exact way. I, I read. He said, you have stories of what the results of prayer did. We are going to have it that, ah, we prayed about this and this happened. We prayed about this and this happened. We prayed about this and this happened. We are going to have that kind of results hallelujah hallelujah we are going to have it so we must stand tall and fierce in the pace of oppositions we must from the early church we've learned that oppositions and persecutions to our message are inevitable they are normal if you have been with us in ministry for a while you should have been used to certain things by now are you get what you should have been used to police threats, you should have been used to them chasing you away from, from um, malls. You should have been used to, are you getting what I'm saying? There are things that are inevitable. You should have been used to, oh, leave that place, we don't want you. You should have been used to people who almost wanted to shoot gun at you. You should have been used to it by now because those are natural things that come with the gospel. You should, but we also see that we are required, we also see what we are required to do in the time of persecution is to boldly stand up to the devil. All the devil wants you to do is to chicken out. But in that time of oppositions, that's where we will stand tall and look at him in the face and say, you devil, you have lost. Glory will go. It and will in 2023, 20, he's losing. Glory will go. He's losing in our families. He's losing in our ministry locations. And he's losing all around. In the name of Jesus. He's losing all around. He's losing all around. In the name of Jesus. You see, the devil is going to look around and say, Ah, I made a mistake with these ones. He's going to look around and say, He made a mistake with these ones. Because we are going to stand tall. In the name of Jesus. Let's be seated. Amen. So, this boldness is not just being bold with words or declaration, it is in fervent prayers. Where we take our boldness from is in the place of prayer. Our boldness is not because we learnt human uh, public communication. Our boldness is not because we know book. Our boldness is not because we know how to talk. it's because we are strong, we will know. Our boldness as a believer is in the place of prayer. We withstand the devil in the place of prayer because we are bold. Our boldness is not, oh, eh, this or that. You cannot use your human Strong-willed boldness to face the devil, it does not work. It can never work. You will only use boldness or prayer to deal with the devil. So you will, de- you will have to spend time a lot in 2023 in prayer. You will have to deepen your prayer life much more. Because that it is in prayer we fight the fight. It is in prayer we win the war. This series is called Fighting the War. It is in prayer we are going to fight the war. And it is in prayer we win it. So, will the church of God be persecuted? Definitely. Will the church of God be opposed? Definitely. Will the church of God be attacked? Definitely. But when the church is opposed for their work, it shows, it's just like how they've been chasing us on different places, how we've been having different oppositions here and there. It is a proof. That we are doing what Jesus wants us to do in Jesus' way. When you see a church, there are no, no, no opposition. Nobody is saying anything about them. No attack. Nothing. They're just enjoying God. They say we're just drinking our coffee and just enjoying things. Ah, something is wrong with your ministry. Right from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has always suffered violence. And violence will always take it by force. Right from the days from Genesis 1, there has been oppositions. So the ministry of Jesus is born for opposition. Even Jesus himself, God came down and faced opposition. So we are going to be used to it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So don't be surprised in 2023 when they say, "Okay, you people in this church, pack up from this place." Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that they say, "Oh, yeah, leave the Walmart." Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that people go. Don't be surprised. We are only going to retain our strength in the place of prayer, and we will face the devil squarely also in the place of prayer. So. If a local church is not being opposed or persecuted, such local church should look to their work carefully. Because they are likely doing things that are pleasing the world. They are likely doing the things that the devil likes. They are likely doing the things that they will say, Joy, hey, just keep doing this one. Don't, don't don't shout, oh, just stay in that place. If you shout, I will come for you. And say, okay, we'll just beat be our Pizza, Pizza Sunday, Games Night, <laughs> juice. Juice morning <laughs> and coffee Sunday and um, cookie, cookie and lemonade morning. You know, <laughs> just stay that way. Don't pray in your service, just worship, worshiping. <laughs> Do praise jams. Don't, no, don't pray at all. Just say, just say, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, praise God and move. Don't worry, I won't come for you. You know that's what church is like? They are just scared of the devil. The devil so, you know, they will be going to church every Sunday, going there. they just think they are serving God, they are enjoying God. Good do, but they are not confronting the work of darkness. They are not doing what God said we should do. Hallelujah. Because Jesus already told us in John 16, verse 33. Look at John 16, verse 33. Look at what it says. John 16, verse 33. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. John 16, verse 33. Are you there? I'll wait for you. John 16, verse 33. One, two, ready, go. What did he say? "These things are spoken Lord, unto you, that, that ye might have peace. In the, the word... So it, he already told us that we will have tribulations. Yes, so Jesus says the church will be persecuted. The church will face tribulations. It will face oppositions. But regardless, the church must what? Must pray and boldness we at last persecutions boldness we are plus oppositions boldness we attack any boldness we at last any attack of the enemy but we must stay praying yes we are going to know the word we are going to have knowledge our knowledge is going to increase we're going to have much insight into the scriptures all of those things but we must not neglect the place of prayer Another thing prayer does, prayer bets focus and stability in God's will. When you are praying, you are focused and stable in God's will. So we said number one is it it brings boldness, right? Number two is prayer bets focus and stability in God's will. It brings focus and stability in God's will. Another thing prayer does for us is to keep us focused and stable in God's will. One of the ways the enemy seeks to hinder us is distracting us. 2023, we have come against distraction. Distractions will not come near us in the name of Jesus. So the moment the focus is gone, our progress will be lost. The moment the focus is gone, our progress will be lost. And this is where prayer becomes an indispensable tool because it will help us design distractions. Prayer will help us to design distractions. Prayer will even take away distractions away. Prayer will take negative, let me use the word, negative vibes away. It will help us to keep our focus. In Acts 6, verse 1 to 4, it says, when the days of the numbers of disciples were increasing, there arose um, the numbers of the Grecians and murmurs was in the church and all of those things. And they were murmuring that, okay, the the widows have been neglected. This and that and that. Food was not shared and all of those things. Peter just said, we will not leave the word of God and serve tables, but we will give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. He says, see, choose you men. Who will we appoint over this business? So that there will be people who will be handling daily ministrations to the widow and all of those things. But we we are not going to be distracted on what God has called us to do. Because there is nothing as painful as when a believer has lost his focus. A distracted believer is is a tool for the devil. One of the prayers my pastor prayed for us as pastors is that we must not be distracted. Because a distracted pastor is, is, going to, is going to have distracted members. Because if the pastor is not focused, the members will be distracted. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, prayer helps in those things. So, the issue of the distribution of food seemed like a minor issue is natural. But the apostles were focused on applying God's wisdom on it. Because if not, Peter would have successfully distracted them from the ministry of Christ, and all the apostles would just be focused on every day's pizza. Have you seen pizza? Have you? Eaten? Peter would just. Peter would not be ministering to the sick again. Peter would just say, eh, "Let's eh, eh? Taco Tuesday." Ah. <laughs> have you been doing this before? <laughs> Peter would not be doing Taco Tuesday for for everybody. And that's how the church will miss it. Or food pantry. No, food pantry is good, but imagine it's the pastor himself that is sharing it. <laughs> the pastor says, take well, times you ought to go and be study and pray. Big this take this. And food pantry is every Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And also Saturday morning. So there's no time for the pastor to prepare for Sunday and- service. <laughs> Peter said, Whoa. Choose among you. It's not even me that we will choose. Choose among ye. Give them the criteria. Men full of the Holy Ghost, Men that you may appoint over this business. Because you, oh, this is a business. Say, but we, we are not leaving the world of God to serve tables. We will stay committed to the ministry of word and prayer. That's focus. Hallelujah. That's focus. Are those things good? Definitely. Peter did not say it was a bad he just said, I'm not the one that is going to undo it. <laughs> and he made sure that those that will undo it are men of the Holy Ghost, not backsliding believers. You know, a lot of churches today, just because they don't know what to do with children's church, they now put sinning, backsliding Christians to go and do them. You <laughs> <laughs> used to come later to church, go and children. Just stay with them. <laughs> stay with them, manage them till they mature. That's where they missed it. They don't know that children's ministry is a very pivotal part. Children's ministry is very pivotal to Christianity. If I, was not, if I was not properly raised, I would not be a preacher today. I received the call of God in a teenager's class. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those, those kind of ministries are very pivotal to Christianity. But people will just say, uh, oh, you backsliding Christian, go manage children, just stay with them and be teaching them A e, e for apple, B for ball, inside church. <laughs> so what you learn when you are in school? So what you are learning in school is different, it's not different from what you are learning in church. Even people that don't know Bible, they'll say, What's this? David is a Goliath Abiyah. You know, Adam ate fruit. He gave him apple. A, is a, is a, is three, is he said, his tree. Serpent talk. The children will not say, How ah, is the serpent talking? He talked. He just talked. <laughs> he just read it like that. Because he too doesn't even understand. He's not praying. He's not betting their life out in ministry. I told you the story. The woman that trained us in ministry at a young age. Ah, grandma, at the sight of grandma like this, you quake. If you lie to grandma, grandma told us one day, remember what happened to Ananias Osafira? Because she knew you were lying by the Holy Ghost. You have to confess and say the truth. You can't lie to grandma. It's not possible. It's not possible. If we are going to market, let's say we want to have a program like this in December, and want because we cook our food ourselves. We used to cook bulk of jollof rice and all of those things. So as from a young age, we know how to we've known how to do all these party jollof and all. As a young, we know how to do it. So as we are going to the market, I she said, why is the meat? So we that we are probably put extra 15 naira. that we'll we buy ice cream. Why is the by the Holy Ghost? She will just go to that number. Ah! <laughs> But we've, ah, you don't understand. We've listed one to 15 list. Why did your eyes scan number 12? <laughs> why? I don't know. I don't know why how she did it. But that's the Holy Ghost. So when you are going to grammar, you can't lie. So that little principle taught you to be saying the truth. So as, as she does ask you a question, you will naturally be confessing. Because hey, she will just remind you, do you remember what happened to another's affairs? Mm-hmm. That, that's all. You will say the truth. So those things are very pivotal. But today, in Children's Church, they say, oh, Hallelujah. We just, we just have some short word and we'll quickly go and play basketball. Ah. <laughs> in Children's Church, is say, Coco, eh, coco Mello. All they'll be i have an apple and you have two you give me an apple and i have two i don't have any apple and you have two (laughs) no you should give them food because children no 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 honestly you children need food for them to be receptive in children's church, you have to have food to let them. So as you are teaching the world, say there's food out stakeholders. There's something at the back. If you if you pass what I'm saying, you will eat what's about. They will be receptive. That's their own. That's so you need those kind of things to help them. But if all you are doing for them is cocoa melons in church. No, I don't have a problem if they are doing it at home. I don't have a problem if they are doing it in school. But in church. The Bible says when Jesus was at the age of 12, he was asking tough questions. He said, agreeing wisdom in knowledge and the statue with evil and man. Josiah at the age of 8 became a ruler in the king. Josiah at the age of 8 ruled Israel for 40 years. 8 years old. Samuel. How old was Samuel when Samuel responded to the call of ministry? So that shows God has always been particular about young people. But in our today's day, they will give them short word and say they should go and play basketball. That nonsense is leaving the body of Christ. Amen. Are you getting what? So you say, you say uh, this and that. I like church. So everybody wants to go to church. Why? Because they will play basketball. They will play video games. There are churches where they give them video game to play. So as they finish learning the word, the Lord, you know what the Bible says: Bible of the soul. This devil quickly come and take the word that they, they let away. They will go to use it to play video game In church, they are playing Fortnite. Fortnite in church. I don't have a problem if you are doing it at home, But church. Church. Ah, ah. No. There's power to this. See, the, the first things first. There are priorities to things. If you wash the cocoa melons at home, kudos, hundred percent There's no problem. But when we will say church, ah, ah, and that's because preachers are distracted. They don't even know what to do. They don't pray. They don't. I thank God for. I, I still say it tomorrow. I thank God for how ah, we were we raised. Grandma was a woman of prayer. I remember I went to meet her early in January, January 2022. I said, thank you for what you did over my life, this and that. She said, There's no, it's not possible that I will lay hands on you and you will not do ministry. She said, how many years ago was this? I said, she, she said, it's not possible. She started giving me the pedigree of people who have gone ahead of me. She said, it's not possible. I like that statement. That, that challenged me. I said, ah. at a, at a young age, you believe that somebody will be a preacher. I said, Yes, I knew you would be a preacher. From as, at I was just thinking about, at 10, at 12 years, you hadn't knew. So that means this there's an approach we must have to those people. We can't be distracted. So that's why Peter said, see, guys, you choose men of the Holy Ghost to handle this business. So even the criteria they used to handle people that will serve food was a very special criteria. It wasn't because the person cooked the food. He says, they must be men of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom. So, men of the Holy Ghost, it means they can talk in tongues and interpret. Wisdom means they know the word. They have knowledge. So, it's not as if they are teaching them and somebody is asking them a question in, in, as they are sharing the word, they cannot respond. <laughs> says, why, why is the food this way? Alright, so in, in the Torah, in Genesis, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just joking. I'm <laughs> just joking. Men full of wisdom. And do you know, do you know what Philip did for us? Do you know what, not Philip, do you know what Luke did for us? Luke picked out that seven deacons, and he showed us that Philip, out of that person, Philip went to Samaria and turned the whole Samaria saved. Philip was one of the people serving tables. He picked him as, a, as, you know what he did? He picked a case study, meaning this is one out of the several seven that were ordained. So that shows the other seven also did the same. When you understand the writings of the scripture, you understand that they couldn't, because of the documentations and everything, they couldn't already put all the stories at once. So one of the things they did is to put major highlights for us to read. So once we see the major highlights, we see a template. So what Luke did for us was to pick Philip out as a case study and say, this guy went to Samaria and changed Samaria, a deacon. What was the work of a deacon? He was serving food. So, we can safely say, a food server or an usher in church can turn the whole city around. And that's because they are, even despite they face natural things. So, now, we can say, we can decide now and say as a church, let's do pizza to invite people. It will not happen, no, but we can say that as a church and say, let's, you know, do pizza Sunday. It will not happen, no, but we can just say, let's do it. But we must not be distracted even as adults. that. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, are you seeing the kind of focus they had? That same person that served food went to Samaria and turned the whole Samaria upside down. Bible says the whole. Do you know what it means? That a whole city is like saying the whole of Manhattan was saved. That is how Philip did it. The whole of Samaria. And don't forget... The mission of Jesus, why did he pick Samaria again? The mission of Jesus, When Jesus told them, "Say, go to Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. So he was picking those nations for us to see that it was eventually reached, what Jesus said. Are you getting what I'm saying? So prayer makes us do those things. So, so it, it makes us stay away from distractions. So many a times, the enemy will bring all manner of issues in church. He will try to sow seed of discord, try to sow strife, so that he will will keep you, he will keep, so instead of us to be focused on prayer, you people will be fighting. So what we'll just be teaching is love, work, love, work, walk in love, no offense, this and that and that. So both the pastors and the members will just be, will just be distracted. That's not being wise. That's not being wise. Because wisdom not only solves difficult issues, it also prevents issues. So, we are all going to walk in wisdom. So, by walking in wisdom, we can avoid strife. We can walk in love among one another. I don't expect that you should be angry with anybody in church or keeping malice or offended at petty issues. I don't expect that. I don't expect that. You are a believer. Why should you be offended at anybody? Why should you keep malice at anybody? Why should you have petty issues at anybody? Why should you have a beef with somebody? That's the, that's, that's the, that should be the list of your worries. You are born again now. You should have other things you are bothering your mind about. My head is thinking of how we are going to enter Mexico. How we are going to enter... Somebody was texting me one time, just a couple of hours ago, and I was reading it. I could not even respond because I could not relate. My head is my head is thinking of how we are going to translate the message how who God will use to send to us and they'll be using they'll be listening to us in Spanish they'll be listening to us in um, in uh, Creole that's what my head is thinking how God will send people that we come our way and will do will translate the word this somebody is not asking me one question I was just I could not I don't intend to respond to that message. that's not what is the say hey just tell me the truth the person say just tell me the truth do you have issues with me I can't even remember that this message, I can't even remember that this message exists. I, I just let me, I just, because it is New Year, so I'm, I know that a lot of my phone is blown up with New Year message. I just let me click on this one. New Year, somebody is still testing me. I say, just tell me the truth. You have issue, Ah, <laughs> brother, from where to where? Me, I should not be thinking on one issue. My head is on how we are going to multiply. How we are going to reach Mexico? How we are going to subdue? You are asking me if I have issues with you. I don't have issues with anybody. Are you getting what I'm saying? You shouldn't shouldn't get your mind over those petty issues. Those things are just distractions. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't keep your... Don't be distracted. The devil just wants you to be distracted so that you will not focus on the bigger picture. So... Whenever you find out that people are, be- when you are when you find out that you are just becoming easily offended, easily offended by people in your local church, you're just-, you just not comfortable around people. You're just not easily offended. Ah, he's about to get you. He's about to distract you. He's trying to use you to distract the church also. So in our natural lives as well, the devil will also, will also try to make things not work well. With your academics, with your job, you will just try to make things a bit difficult. Just like it will distract you for the work of ministry, you are going to be smarter. You are going to ensure that you get to work early. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are going to ensure that you are not taking unnecessary half days and say you want to just sleep, We want to rest. So later the are not you are not be coming and say, ah, pastor, eh, this, that, 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 that. So you will not be able to, so as you are going for outreach, your mind is not on the outreach, your mind is how you will pay your bills. <laughs> You are not going to be distracted. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> Praise God. Oh. We are going to use your off days judiciously. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, we don't want distraction. You are going to read your book. You are not going to say, it is ministry. that is not making you read your book. You will pass your exam and read your book. Oh. Hallelujah. Praise That's God. why I ask you people. Some of you are in school. Submit your grades. I want to see it. Why did you have see in this class? <laughs> is it ministry? Hey. I will catch you in next semester. It's <laughs> busy making you out see. You will do this ministry next semester. <laughs> you have to pass. Come and say, ah, he's not making you eh, uh, so as you are preaching God, you are remembering, as you are telling somebody, you know, Jesus died for you. The person is telling you, so the person just tells you, you know, have a calculus that you just say, ah, it's true. You just remember that you have you have F in that class, in last ah you say, don't worry, the Lord will be with you, just go. <laughs> no (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) praise god (laughs) so these are the things we must brace up ourselves for as we approach the new year these are the things we'll brace up ourselves for so as believers we must stop praying and becoming lukewarms we must also be busy with our natural life be focused on your school are you getting what i'm saying be focused on your business Let's ensure that your business, all of you that are having business, I want to see your business progress in this new year. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? More connections are coming your way. Partners are coming your way. In the name of Jesus. So you're going to progress. And the reason is so that you will not be distracted. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those of you that have abandoned certain aspect of your business, you will pick it up better. It's not amen. You will just just obey. (laughs) This one is not a man. You will go back to what you used to do. Does that make sense? Those of you in school, you will read more. Are you hearing me? You you will will do effective time management. You will sleep, you will have, and you will watch your health also. So that shows you will eat. That's why we are breaking 5 p.m. So that you can eat and be effective. Are you getting? You will drink a lot of water. Are you getting me? So that. Times we ought to be studying Dutch, we will not be doing healing school. Are <laughs> get you getting what I'm saying? what we say, ah, the, the Greek word is it? We will say, ah, you got. <laughs> <We'll> say, <laughs> Jesus is here. <laughs> we will not be singing healing song. Oh, I believe in miracles. Are <laughs> get you getting what I'm saying? You are going to watch every aspect of your life, your health, you you know. My pastor was telling me. he said, you have to take doctor's instruction seriously this period. If the doctor tells you, one of the things I started doing for myself, I started doing medical checkup. Ah, what do you want me to work on, doctor? Tell me. Okay, this one. Okay, this one. You take it very seriously because I have to live long to preach. Yes, sir. Yeah, I have to. You, uh, one of the things I did, I also did dentist appointments. I've never done it before. I had to do it again. I had to, ch- I had to do it for the first time. I watch my teeth. What is going on with these teeth? So that nothing, so that the devil will not come any from any angle. I, I had to do it. Are you getting what I, I had to? So I am wear feet so that 90 years I'm still standing tall. Yes, sir. 100 years I'm still standing. Yes, no shaking. Sir. How you live long is by the power of God and also by a doctor. You have to follow what they say. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? You live long by the power of God and you also live long by what the doctor is saying. So you watch it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that you are not distracted in ministry. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? So if there, if there are positions in your job where you can become a manager, take it. Take it. So that as so you are a boss, you can you can have... You know, you can have some levity of certain things. Are you getting Put your eyes open for better positions. Always look at the job market also. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that your eyes is fixed on good opportunities. And I know, and I know, and I've prayed for us that we are going to have abundance of supply in the name of Jesus. It's going to happen. I've prayed for us. Let's be seated. It's going to happen. It's going to. So because one of the things the believers, so the believer, so there are believers who stop praying and become lukewarm because things aren't going well in their natural life and they don't get it. The the issue is they don't get it. That is exactly what Satan wants. He wants things not to go on very well in your natural life so that you will stop praying. You will stop serving God. You will stop, your your commitment to God will, will reduce. That is what he wants. But you are going to be a riser. So the reason he attacks your finances, he attacks your job, he attacks your business, is to make you look is to make you have spiritual apartheid. I remember some times ago, I think it was last year or so, I, I think I went for a meeting, I think it was last year, I went for a meeting, a conference, and as I came back, I, it's like saying, I collected the permission from my boss that I can go for two weeks. He said, yeah, everybody was... You told me you remember that time. Everybody was happy. We went for two weeks. I came back. As soon as I came back, they said I was fired. Ah. I just came back from a program. You know what that was to do for me? It was to discourage me. But you know what I did? I started doing VGs. <laughs> I used it for retreats. Prayers every day. I would pray from morning to evening. Fasting. Pray. I had See, let me tell you. I had to get a better one. It had to happen because the devil knew that <laughs> if I even leave him doing this work, <laughs> it is going to cause more havoc to my kingdom. I studied more, I started praying more, I, started, I, I was more intentional, that's when I started doing fellowship meetings with two people, different teaching times. Me I will not be discouraged, it's too late, too late. We have come too far to go back on this course. We are set on the course that we must follow. It's too late to backslide for me. I don't know about you, but it's too late to say I will stop serving God. It's too late. It's too late. I am not serving God because of what I will get. I'm not serving God because of the money. I, because I did not believe the gospel because of money. I did not believe the gospel because of because God will bless my job because God will bless my finances because God will bless my family. That is not the reason I believe the gospel. I believe the gospel because Jesus is God. Hallelujah! So that is where my faith is in John. So damn all of those things. I remember as as they just come and say they listen. I say okay, well, time to be praying more about what I've received in the meeting. That's what I just do retreat. Fasting, you guys were there. Fasting, morning to evening. Money, just stay on, lock the door, pray, feed on the world, come out refreshed, prepare myself for the work ahead. That's what I was just doing. Me, is you, who are who the devil want to attack? You. But some people don't get it. Once they start having issues in their natural life like this, their prayer life start going down. You are not smart. You are not smart. Once you start having issues like this with your job, you stop praying. You are not smart. Once you start having issues with your with your family, with this, they are talking. You just start. You just start feeling discouraged. One of the things I will teach in the morning tomorrow is, it's like saying, I want to reteach what I taught you on overcoming discouragement again. I want to reteach it in another light tomorrow. Refuse discouragement in this same series. I'll teach you tomorrow so that as you enter this training, training you are going to stand against discouragement. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so you are don't be some people, once they face little problems like this, they'll stop praying. No, you should deepen your prayer life. See, I don't know about you. But how many of you know problems make you pray? Once you see a problem, ah, to me, I just say, hey, eh, prayer or oh, prayer. Oh, pray, oh, VG or oh, VG. I just say, eh, this one only go by fasting and prayer. Oh. But some of you, instead, you just be you just be concerned and be sleeping more. That's when you will just be sleeping more. That's when you just be eating more. That's when you don't be saying, I I, I was talking to someone. I said, eating is a stress relief. Ah. You say I was going through this problem. And that problem, I said, so you can't pray. He said, I was just eating. Ah. You could not pray. The devil is dealing with you. You say you are eating. He's finishing you, blue pack. Like you say you are eating. See, problems come to strengthen us to pray, not to weaken our prayer life. But some of us are not smart. When Jesus was about to go to Gethsemane, what did he do? He prayed more. That is why we think prayer is the key. Like, you say, prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. Because there is no end to prayer. It was as though Jesus even intensified much more prayer towards the ending of his life and ministry. Prayer is the only way. So many times when we see little shakings in our natural life, your academics is not going well, your expectations do not come as it's supposed to come, you are just discouraged. You are just like, ah, it was a, okay, you know, that is how Satan won. So if you've had any area in the past years where Satan has won in your life, make a deliberate attempt and tell yourself, in this area, Satan, if you show your ugly head again in this place, you are not going to win. I've, there are certain, certain deliberacy I've made over the years. Oh, if I lose one opportunity, maybe a business opportunity like this, if I just lose it like this, I just it is gone. I'm just going to pray. I just... I just is gone. You have to be deliberate. You are, you see, your expectations are not going to come to pass 100%. It's a lie. Even bigot is still chasing certain things. Even in upon all the money they have, they are still chasing certain things. It's a lie that all your expectations, so any preacher that is preaching, all your expectations will be met, everything, the Lord will, it's a lie. It will come to pass, but it's gradual. We will trust God. So if things are not going away the way it's supposed to be, it shouldn't weaken your prayer life. It shouldn't weaken your devotion and commitment to Jesus. Because that is how Satan wins. So times like that are times to double up, increase the tempo. Go rage against the enemy. I won't lose my job and lose my favancy. It's not possible. I'm not going to do. It's never going to happen. It will not be said of me that I lost my job and I lost my prayer life. That's the height of it. That's the height of stupidity. I lost my job and I lost my study life. It's not going to happen. No way. Because you have to supernaturally restrict the every influence of the enemy in your natural life. You have to watch your health. Your academics, ensure you read. Those of you doing business, monitor your business progressively. If you have to take courses to better yourself in your business, do it. Those of you in jobs, if you don't like the job you are doing, is stifling you, apply for better ones. Ensure you go for top managerial positions. Are you getting what I'm saying? Get degrees, get qualifications. Don't do McDonald's jobs. You are not going to have time. They are going to consume you. It will not let you pray. <laughs> you get it? Right now, like you stand for hours, walking fast paced, doing all of those things, and you, and you say, There's prayer meeting. As you are in the prayer meeting, you don't be yawning. Uh, uh. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then you'll be, you'll be angry at God. That God, <laughs> if you walk with wheels before, as you are waking up in the morning, you'll be angry. God, yeah, I come again. God, why? You don't be angry. And it's not God that puts you in the warehouse, but you just be shouting, God. You know, the, the masses of Christians is that everything is God is the problem. They've never, they always blame God, but they always blame God and never the devil. They all wake up in the morning, God, why? Why this job again? God, God, God. But they've never looked at the devil to blame him before. They've never said, devil, Why? <laughs> You know, so you have to watch it. Are you getting me? Yes. Are you getting me guys? So you are smarter, right? So you' are smarter without teaching, so you know it's not saying, thanks times you ought to be in class, you are doing for it. You will fail <laughs> the body is just strong on my heart <laughs> We know we have to walk. So as I walk, I'm going to walk my class away <laughs> hey. I did not teach you that. Are you getting me? Me, this year, I want to make money like mad. I was I was discussing with business. I was discussing how we are how we have received some endorsements and we received some contracts from Dangote. I was like, yeah. I said, ah, we are going to make money. This our ah is our year. <laughs> you know, me, I'm planning, that's how my head is planning. I'm trusting God for more. Are you getting what i say? If it did not work out, I will, it will not work out and my prayer life will not work out. My whole prayer life will keep working. <laughs> but if that will not work out, bye-bye. But my whole prayer life will continue to work. Those are the commitments which you make. You guard your health. You know that you are, you are somebody that is always cold in winter season. You are not going to offer which kid <laughs> benefit Trust phone. <laughs> you know you are somebody that pneumonia and you yeah. <laughs> it's like you are dancing <laughs> or day <you> wood together <laughs> and you are only fun in this winter. We're done. No. Is that for you to be planning and you buy extra eater? Is that your extra standing intake is that your house? <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? You watch your health. Does it make sense? You do. Even me, I do. A couple of years ago, I hated fruits. In the last three, four years, I've been deliberate with fruits. Because they said, if you want to live long, eat (laughs) fruits. That's what I (laughs) ate. I don't know how true it is. I don't know how true it is. So, ah. if you see the way I started eating fruits in the last couple of years... Before I hated anything fruit. What's my way fruit? But now I don't go a week without fruit. God has worked on me. Ah, I, I've been worked on by God. By God and <laughs> AY. Hallelujah. So if we, so you must guard all of those things. Are you getting me? Be deliberate with your business, be deliberate with your academics, be deliberate with your natural life, be deliberate with those things, be deliberate with family, be deliberate with those things. And we are also deliberate with ministry. Does that make sense? So the devil will not have any hold over us. So it's like saying we are securing and closing all the loose ends. So there is nowhere is going to pass to enter. Does that make sense? And if we pray ourselves, if we pray for ourselves. Satan will fail. As we keep praying, Satan is going to fail. Are you getting what I'm saying? He is going to fail. We must keep on our eyes on the ball supernaturally. And he is going to fail. Because there is no alternative but prayer. That's number two. Number three, prayer strengthens the church. Prayer strengthens the church. The importance of supernatural strength, both for individuals and the local church, in the work of ministry cannot be overemphasized. This is because mass determination to do God's will, as noble and good as it is, we always fail. You can determine now that, ah, I'm going to pray in this 2023, I'm going to study God's word, I'm going to do everything. You can determine it now, but let me tell you, if you rely on your strength alone, you are going to fail. You have to rely on the power of prayer because that is where it is what keeps us going. The strength of God is gotten in the place of prayer. I'll say it again. The strength of God is gotten in the place of prayer. When Satan wanted to sweep Peter like wheat, what did Jesus say? Jesus intervened and prayed for Peter so that his faith would not fail. So Jesus has felt prayed before even talking to Peter. But Peter on the other hand, what was he doing? He was sleeping, he was also making him out, saying, me. So that shows that Peter had a good desire never to deny Jesus. He said, me, I can never do it. But that word was not enough. That I can never do it was not enough. He needed to have prayed. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you can make all your desires. That is what happens in 2020. That's what happens every year. You make plans, you make resolution. New year, new me. New year do this. New year new kidney. New year this. And none of your plans has never come to pass. <laughs> it only came to pass for January 1 to January 3. January 4, you say, ah, whoa. December is January is so slow. You start calculating like the word. I say December is so slow. It's all so this. But let me tell you it is because you did not pray. Prayer will keep you going. Prayer will keep you going. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prayer will keep you going. Prayer will keep you going. It will help you not to fail. When push comes to Saul, determination will fail. Prayer will keep you going. So when Jesus was approaching a decisive point in his own ministry, he needed strength to stand the crucial moment. What did he do? He prayed. He took Peter. He went to pray. Luke 22, verse 42, 46. He prayed. That's why he was saying, if it was possible, let this cup pass over me. So, there, it, was, it was a deep feeling like, ah, can I do this? Can I not do this? But what did he do? He deepened the prayer at that point. So, he prayed. He prayed. He warned them that he prayed. So the, and and the angel of God came to strengthen Jesus from the moments ahead. And his disciples fled away. The they ran, everything, everybody denied Jesus, everybody ran, everybody, you know, everybody just looked for their own square root. What happened? Because the the his will, their will and their determination failed. So this shows us the importance of praying for supernatural strength in ministry. And one of the things we're going to study in the, in the year ahead is supernatural strength. Times of weariness will surely come. Times when ministry will not make sense will surely come. Times where you'll just get tired. we ah, read this Bible, Bible every time. Ah, it will come. Times where you'll be tempted to embrace sicker-sensitive mode of ministry. Let's just do suya night. Let's just do jean Sunday. It's because we've not been praying times where it seems like you are not getting the result things let's say things look dry slow such times are inevitable you cannot it, you cannot take away those times but there is supernatural strength for those times and there's an unfailing strength for those days look at what isaiah said in isaiah 40 verse 28 to, to 31 isaiah 40 verse 30 let's go there isaiah 40 28 to 31. Are you learning something? Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. he says, As thou art not known, as thou art not heard, as the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not. Neither is he weary. There is no searching to his understanding. What did he say in verse 29? He giveth power to the faint. Hallelujah. He giveth power to the faint. That is your testimony this year. He gives you power when you are fainting. And he says, And to them that have no might, he increases strength. In verse 30, he says, the youth shall faint. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. He you know, says, in verse 31. These doing that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and never be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is our testimony. Isaiah put our attention on God. That is, he does not faint and he is never weary. It shows us that God gives us power. To, God gives power, sorry, to the faith and increases strength to those who might not have. And he shows us also the limitations of man's natural strength that is your own strength will fail that is why it seems like you will plan certain things it will not come to pass you will desire that certain things will come you will desire that ah okay by you know by october i expect that this and this will happen and it will not come to pass it is because you are depending on your natural strength those who depend on their natural strength will utterly fall The youthful age is when man is at the peak of his natural strength. But yet, Isaiah is making us to understand that even the youth will fall. So, he gives us an instruction. He says, since we know that natural strength will fail, we know that God's strength will never fail. Me, I know it. God's strength will never fail. Then the wise thing for us to do is to wait upon the Lord. That means, we wait means to expect to receive something. As I say that, when we wait upon the Lord, we will renew our strength. That the word renew in our today's language means it will refurbish it. It will improve it. So, it means to renew means to substitute. But to renew means to substitute to or to exchange things for another. That's the meaning in scripture. That is to substitute or exchange one thing for another. So, it is not that we'll be, our strength will be improved or no. It is that we exchange our feebleness and bound to feel strength with his own supernatural strength. So that's why Paul we say in Ephesians 3 verse 14 to 16, he says, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family of earth is named, that he will grant unto you that he has strengthened with might by his spirit in his inner man. So that you are strengthened. In Colossians one, verse nine to eleven, it says, "For this cause, since the day for this cause, since also the day we heard it, we he do not cease to pray for you that ye be filled with knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy unto the Lord, unto all pleasing. Be strengthened. he used the word strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, all, to all patience and long suffering with so long suffering and joy." So, that Isaiah 28, Isaiah 40, verse 30 to 31, when he says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew our strength. In today's language, renew our strength, renew means refurbish something, improve on something. That is not what the Bible, that's not the word, that's not how the Bible explains it. We have to read it in the Bible language. Renew from the Bible language actually means substitute. Exchange one thing for another. That is, we improve. So that means it is not so. It is not meaning God. will improve our strength so that we will just we will just step up a bit higher. No, it simply means that God will exchange our feebleness, our the place where we are failing, with His own supernatural strength. So Paul shows us that we should daily pray for supernatural strength. To stand strong in the work of ministry. So we've seen in Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 16, Colossians 1, verse 9 to 11. Am I too fast? No, I don't think so. <laughs> am I too fast? Okay. Uh, that we should pray so that we should pray daily for strength. I uh, should stand strong in the work of ministry. That is, if the church of God doesn't want to get swift and swift away, we must consistently. Draw from God. So we must consistently draw from God's supernatural strength. And this is the prayer we must consistently pray by every local church that is focused on God's mandate. So in this year, we're going to be praying a lot about strength. That we are all strengthened. Every member of our local church is strengthened. None of us is falling by the wayside. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are all standing in strength. The reason men faint in the work of ministry or in the face of adversity is because of a lack of strength. So when we see a brother, a sister acting weak, acting not strong, acting not zealous again, what does he need? Strength. in strength. And we'll pray. In Proverbs 24, verse 10, it says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, in if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is is small. Proverbs 24 verse 10 says, If thou faith in the day of adversity, their strength is small. So often times, in coming after the local church, what happens is that Satan comes after individuals in the church. Sometimes starting from even the pastor to the leaders, then the members and everything. And when Satan wants to stop the work of God in any generation, he comes after men of God. That's why men of God are always... You always be seeing uh, one attack. They are always talking about certain men of God on the social media. It's just so that it will create a picture in your face. Do you know what that does? The devil will just create a picture in your face. When you are listening to that kind of person, there is already a sting of the devil. I'm going to explain that thing to you much clearer later. There is already a sting of the devil and a bias towards what you are saying. So as you are hearing him, your mind is on what he has done. That evil report you have heard that's what the devil wants but you know we're going to pray for men of God that they are strengthened also their work will not die what God has called them to do will not the social media will not the the evil people on social media will not eat it up in the name of Jesus so when Satan wants to stop because they are men also they are are subject to mistakes so, because when Satan wants to stop any generation, or any generation, what he does is to come after men of God. To come after men who God is using. And because he knows that God can do nothing on earth except through men. Men are God's vessels on earth. God cannot do anything on this earth except through men. And how does the devil also function on earth? Through men also. So. The work of God in a generation can be put on hold or delayed, if men allow Satan to have a score points in their lives. And I trust, and I trust God that it will never happen for us. In the name of Jesus. So, if you are committed, so as we are committed to our local church, one of the things you should pray for, you are praying for your pastor. You make it a duty. One of the things I'm going to teach this year, this January, I'm going to do a top a a, 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 a sermon. Pray for us. That's the title. Pray for us. I want to explain that thing I used to say. Pray for I want to explain it very well. That's the answer. I'm going to explain it. It is very necessary. It is do. It Paul requested for prayer like his life depended on it. And this is somebody that told the entire church of Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, that says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you. This is somebody that he was requesting for prayer like his life depended on it. Pray for us, Berger. Pray for us, Berger. Because they depend on your prayer. So if the enemy wants to scatter the sheep, it is the shepherd who will first smite. We will first come after the shepherd. So pray for your leaders. Pray for your members that they are strengthened. Are you getting me? We are still studying prayer that prayer is the only way. So number four, prayer brings in labors. So we say prayer brings strength, right? What's number one? Are you sleeping? Prayer does what? Number two? Number three? Number four? Prayer brings labor. (laughs) Prayer brings labor. So when we talk about laborers, we are referring to people who would walk together in the church. And this thing is very key. When we talk about laborers, we are talking about people who we work together with in the church and ensuring that God's giving mandate is done. See, let me tell you something. The work of ministry cannot be done by only few men. It's a lie. As a church, as we are starting out, as we are growing, we need more laborers. We need more men who will carry out this vision like their own. We need more men who would carry out the work? Because God's plan for us is to reach many more men and recruit them into God's army so that we can reach the world together. That's why will see in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, go into the world, to teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. We need the men. Teach them to observe all things I have commanded you and Lord with you always. And I've told you that that word teach means to make students, right? To make disciples. So Jesus tells us to make many disciples because the work requires laborers. And prayer plays an active role in bringing the laborers into the church. In Jesus' ministry, Jesus prayed for laborers. Matthew nine verse thirty seven to thirty eight. It says, "The harvest is truly plenty, but laborers are few." He says, "Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth laborers into His harvest." So the work of Christ endures to this day because His disciples carried on with it and spread it abroad. They remained faithful. They remained dogged. They remained steadfast in their pursuit and mandate. The apostles as laborers like Barnabas, Silas, Stephen, Philip, who were devoted and dedicated to ministry. So, in twi- so, as we progress in this year and beyond, we need more laborers. And prayer will bring in the laborers. Doing the earthly work of Jesus, Jesus prayed for laborers who would reap the harvest. I taught you, mission is possible. You can listen to mission, the harvest is here. But we need more laborers, more people. When we pray for laborers, what we are praying for is that we will send men who will bear the burden of the work with us. You know in your ministry location, you need more men who will bear the burden with you. Hope you know that. In your ministry locations, you do. We need more men who will bear this work with us. As we progress and travel across the nations of the earth preaching the gospel, we need more men who will bear this burden with us. So we are going to pray for more laborers. Prayer will bring in more laborers. More, more, more laborers. Prayer will bring in more laborers who will bear the burden of the work with us. So as we study the scriptures, we see this kind of men are needed for the local church to strive. You see another laborer, look at Timothy. Timothy was a laborer. Second Timothy, verse three to 10, Paul was telling him and saying, thou hast known my doctrine. You have known my manner of life, my purpose, my everything. So Timothy, and Timothy started following Paul at a young age. He stayed faithful with him to the very end. He stayed faithful with the instruction, stayed faithful with him with all the teachings and all of those things. Timothy, and, and Timothy could have compromised and had a better life. Or left everything. But Paul says something in Philippians to He says, I have no man like-minded like Timothy. That's a laborer. Every local church needs a man like Timothy. Every, every local church. Men who will bear their body. Men who are faithful to God's plan for their church. I naturally respect people who are, who are faithful in the local church. I I respect it. Once I talk to somebody and say oh, you yes, I'll just this is kind of respect I put on you like wow you know you're just I just tell them just stay consistent stay consistent with what you are doing you know every church needs a laborer who are faithful to their pastor who are faithful to the to who are faithful committed to the vision of what God has committed to their pastor who are carrying it out Every church needs a laborer. Every. How is Redeemed Christian Church of God all over the world today? Laborers. Men who are faithful to division. The there is no ministry who has reached the entire world. Even Jesus' ministry that didn't have faithful laborers. Men committed to the world. Men committed to the vision, Men committed and it is done in prayers. So we want more laborers in your ministry location, right? More people to bear the burden with you, right? Yes. You are going to pray. You are going to pray. So we need men. You see, if you read in Romans 16, verse 3 to 4, you will find Aquilas and Aqu- Aquilas and Priscilla. Paul called them my helpers in Christ. They helped his ministry, they made sacrifices where necessary. Every local church needs sacrificial men to fulfill God's plan. People that can just. Oh yeah, wake up! Let's go and do this. And they are ready. Sacrificial men who will fulfil God's plan. There are no people that want to serve God when it's convenient. That wants to do things when it's only convenient for them. They are sacrificial in all their endeavor. No, but, see, nothing can strive and grow, can thrive and grow when you have to do it in your convenience. It will crumble and prog- it will crumble and crash. You have to make sacrifices for things to work. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that is how growth is being seen. So for us to have the wired harvest, we need sacrificial laborers. Are you getting what I'm saying? We need laborers. Laborers. People who have people who people who who you know if you people who we don't have to force. And they will be saying, you are just manipulating the people. You are just doing this and that. You are just... uh, just shut up. We need laborers. Men committed to division. Timothy was like-minded with Paul. 2 Timothy 3 verse 10. Most like-minded. Philippians 2. Like-minded. The disciples of Jesus left everything. You know, Peter said it at some point. He said, we have left all to follow you. Wow, that's a laborer. That's commitment. So, why would Jesus not pray for him? He said, We've left all to follow you. That's, so, that means they've taken the work like their work. And because of those 12 guys, Jesus handed his, his message to those 12 people. And because of those 12 people, you and I, I can be preaching the gospel in Rochester today. If they joked with it, we won't have the gospel like it is today. But they took it like it is Jesus, it, it was Jesus on earth. Libras, and we And if we also bend our knees in prayer, let me tell you the truth. We have those kind of men in our ministries. And we have them in, our multi, in multiple numbers. And we are going to have them in this year. Are you getting me? Men committed to the vision. Men committed to the cause. Men committed to the work. Men committed to what God has called us to do. Amen. Are you getting what i say? We are going to have them in, an, in their numbers. Amen. In their numbers. Amen. In their numbers. Amen. All over the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's be seated. We are going to have them in their numbers all over the world. Men who will carry the vision, lighting up the dark places across the nations of the earth. Who will carry their pastor and say, ah, this man, we believe him like that. We carry it on their head. Who we carry, will we carry things on. You know, let me tell you. Let me tell you the truth. See, guys, there is no ministry that succeeds on this earth without faithful laborers. Without faithful committed men to their pastor, to division. So let no one deceive you and say, eh, eh, why are you just leaning down, why are you doing the? Why, why are you saying it? why are you, you know what you are doing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Let no one beguile you. Let no one beguile you. As a local church, we are doing things for ministries, and we are going to do more. But imagine our own ministry, are you getting what I'm saying? Imagine our own ministry. And as we pray, we are going to have more laborers. Because prayer brings in those men. You read in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 5. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 5. The Macedonian church. They were known for their habit of generosity. Do you know the funniest thing about the Macedonian church? They, if you have listened to the culture of giving, I explained it to you. They gave in their deep poverty. That's commitment. Today, some churches will say, giving is manipulation. You are mad. Especially in this kind of America, how will you pay light be? How will you pay church rent? How will you pay, how would you progress as a ministry without giving? I mean, sacrificial giving. Are you getting what I'm saying? How would you reach the world? We we, we are planning this year to send materials to several locations and several countries. How is that going to happen? Money. We want to send materials to several countries so that they are going to be doing the same thing we are doing. How is that going to happen? Money. Because men are committed to it. So, some erroneously feel like those uh, um, that that, that if you if you manipulate people, that's when they will give. That's stupid. Why do you have to manipulate people to give? Let people trust what you are doing. Just teach people God's word and leave it that way. If they don't see the reason to give, (laughs) fine. So Jesus had people also who are who was willing to give to His ministry. You read in Luke 8, verse 1 to 3, he had the wife of Edward, the Su- Susanna, um, the wife of Susa Herod steward, who gave Mary Magdalene, who gave and ministered their substance. You will see in Philippians 4, verse 5, 15 to 16, it says, the Macedonia church gave. So as a minister of the gospel, we are going to focus on teaching the truth of God's word. Then we are also going to give, focus on prayer give ourselves to prayer no one will deny that money has a, that money has the role that it plays in the work of ministry and squeezing it out of people's pocket on ungodly it's not it's very wrong to, to squeeze people money out of people's uh, but god knows how to steer the heart of men to give for god's work god does god does i can tell you the truth for a fact god does i remember during the pandemic the church i was serving on then. We're looking for house, for church rent or something. We're looking for, things were a bit tough or something, for us then, and let me tell you, some people were just sending money to the church consistently, $2,000, $2,000, I was like, I was like, ah, wow. And that's how we're able to keep paying the church rent, keep paying things, people were just sending money. I was just like, wow. God really knows how to make sure that the work does not suffer. He really does. If there's something I know like the back of my palm is that when God sends a man, he backs him up. Yoruba calls it or Roman Nishefayati. The one that sends one is able to back him up. It's like that. But we will bend our knees to pray. There will be sacrificial givers. There will be men. God will give us men who will labor with their resources, who will serve with us, Who who will who will tell you that, ah, these are our ministry. They will, they will carry the passion for your ministry location. You'll be wondering, ah, calm down. You really will tell you that. Ah. You really won't say, ah, let's, let's take things gently now. Are you getting what I'm saying? We need those men. Imagine they're like 50 in your ministry location telling you, ah, let's pray. Let's pray. This city is going to be taken. Are you not, are you not going to be excited? Are you not going to be excited? Yeah. We are going to be. And God, prayer is going to open those doors. You some of you saw what happened after glory meeting. How that door was just opened. He was. That's the work of prayer. And he betted so many things. So many, just one door opened so many doors. And we are trusting God that we are going to open so many doors. Prayer brings in the laborers. So as we are going to fast and pray, we are going to be specific about things like this. So why I'm listing all of these things is to let you know what we are going to be praying about. Are you getting what I'm saying? So lastly, as as we round up now, then we'll go home and prepare for morning service. Prayer opens up the heart of men, the doors of the work of ministry. Prayer doors. So we said number one, Number one, prayer does what? Number two, prayer does what? Number three, number four, number five, the hearts of men and the doors for the work of ministry. The hearts of men and the doors for the work of ministry. Because, Ministry, this is the last point, and we we'll, would we'll, we'll end it today. Ministry is all about reaching men with the gospel of our Lord. So the fruitfulness of a local church is seen in the number of men they reach. It's a lie of the devil that God does not want numbers. Don't ever speak and say, just like a small church, you are a devil. Don't like things like that. You should be angry that the church is not growing. Are you getting what I'm saying? You should be angry. If we are not growing as a church, something is wrong with us. If we are not increasing, multiplying the works of our hands and not reaching the world, something is wrong with us. God wants the numbers. That's why there's even a book called Numbers. The book in the Bible called No. He wants the numbers. He wants to reach the entire world. So ministry is about fruitfulness. Stop saying uh, we are just two in our ministry location. We are growing in our ministry location. Are you getting what I'm saying? 15 men and hundred and counting. In your ministry location, you are expanding. More men are following you for our churches. More men are following you for prayer meetings. More men are following you. More men. More men are following you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Ministry is about fruitfulness. Sit down. Ministry is about fruitfulness. It's about reaching men with the gospel of God. So the fruitfulness of of a local church is seen in the number of men they reach. How we can say we are fruitful is the kind of the number of men we are reaching. Now, we thank God as a local church. We've been able to break certain barriers. We have some whites in our local church. We have different, uh, um, we have um, Mexicans, right? Asians. Asians. We have um, people from different African countries. Do we have South Americans? We have South Americans. So, we are trusting God for even much more. The fruitfulness is the amount of people we are we are reaching even them in their numbers. Mexico will open. Canada will open. In the name of Jesus. It will open. So fruitfulness of a local church is seen in the number of men they reach. And more importantly, the effect of their ministry in the lives of people. Is their ministry changing the lives of people? Because these people that we are reaching out to are the ones, we already said, they are the ones under the influence of the evil one, right? Darkness, right? And we are lighting them up. So we must have a supernatural approach if we must rescue them from Satan's grip. In Ephesians 2 verse 1 to 3, you know what it says, it says, and you are quickening. quickened you away where there's the trespasses and sins, whereby you walk according to the course of this way and all of those things. In second Corinthians four verse four, it says, But if our gospel be each, it is each to them that are lost, you know the God of this world have blinded the eyes of many, lest they believe the glorious gospel of Christ, which should shine on them, which is in the image of God and all of those things. So, from those things, we see that the spirit that is at work in the heart of the unbeliever is called the spirit of disobedience, the children of disobedience. That spirit blinds their eyes and their minds from the preaching of God's word. It blinds their minds. So, when the word of God is being taught, they, are, they turn a deaf ear. That's the spirit of the devil. That's the spirit of disobedience. It empowers them to reject it. So they'll just say, no, I don't believe, don't disturb me, I don't want to go to church, don't disturb me. It just empowers them. That's the spirit of the devil. So when we preach the gospel to men, what is happening is, it is not our grammar we are using to preach. It is not our dictionary, how articulate we are in our explanation to convert them, that we convert them. That is not what happens. It is the mighty power of God that does it. It is not in how we talk. It is not in our eloquence of speech. It is not in our knowledge of the scripture. Oh, we know the Greek. We know the Hebrew. That is not what does it. It is the mighty power of God that does it. It is God that opens the blind eye. It is God that opens the blind eye to the gospel. It is God that opens the minds of people to the gospel. And that veil will only be torn supernaturally. So as we pray, we have opened doors. One of the things we are going to pray about in our fast, in prayer, Lord, give us open doors. Doors into strange cities. Doors into strange countries. Doors into strange states. Doors into strange pockets of men. Doors, the heart of men will be opened. And you see, eh, I know this for a fact. It's a year of our harvest. The art of men will be opened to our message. In Acts 16, verse 14. It says, a certain woman called Lydia a seller of Popu in the city of Chartra that worshiped God, who heard the Lord as she attended those things that were spoken there. Of Paul, it says, was we spoken by of Paul. Acts 14, verse 27. It says, they opened the door of faith into the Gentiles. at 14, verse 27. Second Corinthians 2, verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to Charles, Second Corinthians 2, verse 12, to preach Christ's gospel. A door was opened unto me by the Lord. That is going to be said of us in your ministry location. That a door was opened unto you by the Lord in the name of Jesus. That will be said of us. That a door was opened unto us in the name of Jesus. More doors are opening. More doors are opening. In Boston, doors are opening. Boston is opening up. Boston is opening up, Philadelphia is opening up, in the name of Jesus, they're opening up, they're opening up by the Spirit of God, I I just have that impression in my spirit, they are opening up, I feel like they are men already in those places, waiting for something, and by the Spirit of God, we will reach out to them supernaturally, if you have friends in those cities, these are times to get old hold of them. Yes. <laughs> Something is happening in those two cities. And it's the power of God. Yes. It's the power of God. Yes. Even Texas is opening. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm talking between now and the next two months. Yes. We're going to have results of these cities yes. I just mentioned. Yes. Amen. 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 So as we close... The lethargy in prayer, lethargy in prayer will cost you greatly. Lethargy in prayer will cost you greatly. Everything concerning the work of ministry runs on the foil of prayer. Your discipleship is on the foil of prayer. Your follow-up is on the foil of prayer. Your preaching the gospel is on the foil of prayer. Your... your Whatever, you're training the person is on the foil of prayer. You're giving the person assignments on the foil of prayer. You're telling the person to even pray is on the foil of prayer. <laughs> Your ministry runs on the foil of prayer. You can neither survive or thrive without commitment to it. So, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a believer, you must not just have a solid prayer life. You must inculcate it as you are growing your disciples. Does that make sense? You must inculcate this strong prayer life. Your entire church, your entire ministry must be praying. Because there are certain results you will never see in your church unless the whole church is praying. Unless the whole church opposes the culture of prayer. That is what we saw in the book of Acts. In Acts 12, Acts 2, Acts 1 verse 14, Acts 3, Acts 4 we saw it consistently that the entire church was praying. It wasn't just the apostles that were giving to prayer. The whole church must be giving to it. So prayer must take the center stage if we must be busy with the kingdom of God. So I say again, there is no alternative to prayer. Prayer is the only way. Hallelujah. Prayer is the only way. So we said number one is what? prayer what prayer does what prayer does what prayer does does what's number two number two number three number four number five prayer does it prayer does it so now, in your ministry locations, as we fast and pray, starting soon, we have a direction. I'm going to send it to us in the group early this morning, what we're going to be praying about. Does that make sense? And in the morning, we're going to have a focus on what we're going to be praying about. And we're going to be stronger on it, right? We're going to be, prayer is how we're going to fight the war. Let me tell you, all I've been trying to explain In the fighting of the war, everything is prayer. Does that make sense? Prayer, I'm preaching the gospel, healing the sick, doing the work. That is how we fight the war. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? You are going to pray. 2023 is a time to deepen your prayer life. I don't know about you, but I've made personal resolutions to myself. I am going to pray like I want to mad in 2023. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm going to pray like the only thing my life depends on is prayer because that is actually what my life depends on. And we are going to see the results. Prayer will open the hearts of men. Prayer will bring in the labels. Liberals will be pushed forth. Backsliding believers will return in the name of Jesus. Let's just pray. Would somebody send up? Let's just pray. Let's just, let's just pray. Let's just commit what we've heard and into prayer. Would uh- somebody beside yeah. you and let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Lift your voices. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray.
1: Let's just pray.